Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. And Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, The Wise Woman Way, the newest book in the Wise Woman Herbal Series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hello, Susan. So good to hear your voice tonight. How are you, and how are your travels? Our travels were eventful, but safe. Oh, well, safe is the most important part. Eventful sounds interesting. Most important part, yes, and they were... 
pulling the airplane out. You know, there's that little machine that pulls the big airplane out. And it does it by having this, I think of it like a big eye bolt or a cotter pin or some big pin that secures them together. And as they were towing the airplane out, that pin broke. I mean, no big deal. Not like it has anything to do with the flying of the airplane. But, you know, rules are rules. We're not getting up in the air until it's fixed. Oh, my goodness. How long did you have to wait? Not, Not too terribly long. And we actually, because we're fast walkers, made our connecting flight. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Eventful. And, uh, in fact, I arrived home with enough good energy to uh, wake up my sourdough starter, and I pulled fresh loaves out of the oven this morning and got up early to knead the bread and let it rise. I love that. I just came upstairs from finishing kneading out some biscuit dough because I also reawakened or, you know, fed the starter and got it going today. Right. (laughs) Hi, starter. I'm home again. Let's bake. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yum, yum. (laughs) So I am excited to hear that a woman that you and I were sitting with on Sunday is going to be our guest tonight, Lucretia Jones. And if you all don't know Lucretia, she is House of Lucaya, and she's past apprentice, and she has made the sweetest, most gorgeous, tiny little book. I guess you'd have to call it a pamphlet, but it's in full color of nourishing herbal infusions. I just really, really love it. And um, she works with herbalists without borders. And that's pretty much what she wants to talk about tonight, is her work with herbalists without borders, how she got involved, what they're doing, things like that. So if you are at all curious about herbalists without borders, um, we c- can accept your questions, just like you can ask me questions. You can ask her questions, too. That's right, Sarah Ellen, isn't it? That's right. Absolutely. You can just press 1 once Lucretia joins as our guest this evening, and we'll acknowledge your hands and let Susan and Lucretia know and open your line. There you go. So that's going to be exciting. And Lucretia Jones was one of the presenters at the Hypericum conference, and her presentation, I believe, was entitled Keeping Up with Joneswort, like the phrase Keeping Up with the Joneses. And she realized that it wasn't St. John's Wort or St. Joneswort, it was Jones Ward, her last name, Jones, J-O-N-E-S. So that's what she calls it, is Jones Ward, because she feels so allied with it. Mm. Mm. So, 
Sarah Ellen and I and Lucretia and four hundred and forty two other women were just at the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. Did you have any high points you want to share, Sarah Ellen? Mm, the whole thing, seeing so many wonderful people, eating so much delicious food, learning so many juicy tidbits, and, yeah, I, the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing, absolutely. It's such a nourishing experience to be in a community of over 400 people and feel so Everyone was looking out for everyone else. At Jana Budapest Goddess Festival in the Redwoods, she showed me, Jana, how that can be done in a very beautiful way. She assigns a young woman to be the guardian of each elder. And that young woman is not fussing around and offering you things you don't want. She is lurking in the sidelines. So if you need anything, she's there. Mm. Mm, that is so beautiful. I what? Oh, so beautiful. Right? Mm. And that's yeah. how I felt at this conference, didn't you? I did. I really did. I mean, even the announcements of what was found for the lost and found, you knew you could feel safe because there were some really valuable items. Wallets, keys, phones, like... Yeah, it was fine. You know, if you lost it, it would be found. And that's just the whole, everything felt like such a safe container to mm, just enjoy and express within. So beautiful. I also really enjoy the acknowledgement there that there's space and time for people to learn at their own pace, in their own way, and it may not be by going to class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are lots of other ways to interact and to be nourished and excited and find out things. Of course, one of the really exciting things in the post-COVID um, hello is how many young women were there. And I don't mean girl children, and there was wonderful children's camp, and I don't mean teens, and my granddaughter was part of the teen spiral, and they drew portraits of their allies and then put on a presentation, which was quite amazing. But, I mean, women who are just... um, Starting or hitting the stride of their childbearing, 20s, 30s. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing to see so many new faces and familiar faces and, yeah, so many women of that, that age group, that generation. Very exciting. Yes. And, yes, how great to see all of the familiar ones. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 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 And this thing, for sure, I love the singing always. And just the sense of community that's able to be created in as little as three days or as many as five, if you take the time or what? No, not even five, more than that. Seven. The, the people who were. Some of the people who were coordinating and doing work exchange arrived Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so they were there for a week. I mm-hmm. think the woman who was cooking talked about the first meal, which was for five or six, and the next meal, which was for 20, and the next one, which was for 47, and the next one, which was for 100 some Building into a crescendo. Right. And as yes. the conference filled and filled and filled. Mm. <laughs> because, of course, of the pre conference events, which are wonderful. <clears throat> so it is hard to pull out a real. Uh, high point of the event, but I reverberate very deeply with Reverend Judith Laxter's retelling of the Inanna story. Mm. Especially in that she did all three parts of it. Right, how Inanna gets her power the courtship of Inanna and the descent of Inanna. Mm -hmm. And we associate her with the descent, with one-third of that story, so strongly. And we may have heard that there's this very erotic story about Inanna, but that may be all we've heard. Um, And it's especially... Interesting, I think, in view of the ending of the story as it's told, as it was told to us, which is not just that Inanna gets off the hook and returns to the land of the living, but that the dead demands its due. Mm. It says, no, 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 maybe, you know, these little beings rescued you, but there has to be a dead body hanging on that hook. Who's it going to be? Uh-huh. Right. And Inanna says, well, I don't know. Let's go home and we'll, like, talk about it. And so they go home and her son comes running up to her and they say, ah, ha, 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 good, we'll take your son. And she says, no, 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 do not, no, 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 not that. Well, her servant, first her servant comes up to her. And her faithful servant, Ninjabar. And I say, oh, we'll take Ninjabar. She says, no, no, you can't take Ninjabar. And then her son runs up. They say, okay, we'll take your son. No, no, you can't. And then they're looking for Demuzi, her sweetheart. 
and he's in the throne room, and he's sitting on the throne, and he's wearing a crown, and he's having a high old time. And, of course, everyone else was thrilled to see her, but he hardly notices. And she says, go ahead, take the moosey. And it's such a fitting ending when you've had the whole courtship and how they've gotten together. So I would say that 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 was a real high point there. Also, it's an interesting room there. And you know the song that we do at Moon Lodge? Out of my womb lies my... And then we fill in a word, my power, my my mm, serenity, my creativity, whatever anyone wants to say. Then we go around the circle, singing, in the heart of my womb lies my power. Mm-hmm. And through the song, and then they go to the next woman, and she puts her word, and we sing it with her, and the next woman. And then when it comes back, to me, since I started it, we do every word that every woman has said. Mm. And I did that in that space with all those women. Oh, wow. And we were able to remember it. We were able to go around. I don't think there were 400 women in the room, but I think there were probably over 200 not everybody comes to everything. And it was late at night. But it was that was a lovely memory to have. Of the big circle of women. Of course they had, had to you know, move all the chairs and everything out of there. And uh the moon coming in the windows and our singing and dancing and then looking at each woman and remembering her word and her motion, of course, because you make a motion with your word, which is part of why it's pretty easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, although I don't know, is it bragging if I say I really, really liked my fairy walk? I was just going to say I loved the fairy walk. And, yes, there's a tree that forever will be calling me, or at least until next year, because, as you know, I'm uh, on the hunt for one of the trees on our walk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the fairy is playing with me. (laughs) The fairy walk distinguished itself. Among all of the many, 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 many walks that I have led in my life by one, being a walk. That's right. We actually walked. We walked, believe it or not, we walked for, oh, a mile. Pretty interesting, huh? It is. So... Secondly, this walk was characterized by the fact that we were all silent. The only words that we spoke were fairy 
is we felt we needed to get the group to stop and let's go or go on or something to signal that it was time to resume our walk. So that was a unique and, to me, very precious walk. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree. It was my first intentional fairy walk, and especially with the group. It was amazing. It was very fun. I loved the one of the, group, of it. one of the group members came to me the next day, Sunday. The walk was on Saturday. And said that she went back to a place where she had really sensed a fairy. And she, as soon as she got to the place, the pen in her pocket exploded. <gasps> she said, look, oh in the front of her shirt was covered in ink. I saw her. I saw her. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know why she was covered in ink, but I saw that. <sighs> what did I tell people what did I tell people at the beginning? I, 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 I told people before we went into silence, I said, you need to understand this is a dangerous walk you're about to embark on. Yes, you said fairies aren't just like the Disney fairies. They can be, you know, tricky and, you know, seem like they're out to get you and, like, you know, cause harm or seemingly cause harm or allow opportunity for harm. Explode your pen, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no more for that outfit. (laughs) Right. Uh, Think about um, Midsummer's Night Dream and Puck and the fairies there. Those are more like kind of, shall we say, old world fairies. So how was everything back at your homestead when you got home? Were all the animals happy and contented? All of my seedlings had been watered. Oh, my heart was happy. Oh, uh, my husband did an excellent job taking care of everyone, and everyone seemed happy, although they also seemed happy to see me. My kitties were like clamoring for a spot as I tucked myself in bed. They were like, I want to go closest. I want to go closest. So that's always good to come home and feel welcome. And see, that's why the movie got to go hang on a hook. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) He didn't say, come here and give us a squeeze. He said, oh no, you're home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, take him. Watch it, Demuzi. Oh, that's right. That's right. nope. I don't have anyone that I would have offered on my return home. Everyone was like, "No, don't take them." Right, no, no. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! Yeah. Things are really growing. I can't believe it. The hawthorn trees, honestly, since I left last Thursday, I think it's hard for me to believe, but they've grown a foot, and they're only about four and a half feet tall now. But wow! They, I mean, and they bush out. It's it's unbelievable. Like my husband in his 
Oh, dedication to everything we're co-creating here has really been helping to water. And he's even like, you know, I've decided when I dump the five-gallon buckets for the goats and things, I'm going to haul them out to the pasture and offer them to the trees that we've planted. So, oh, my goodness. Yes. So cool. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so oh. totally cool. He gets it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he gets it. Yes. Exactly. No, no so, waste. No waste. I used to have my compost pile right by the barn. I had a barn that I was in. It was a 100-year-old barn. I was, of course, just using a tiny portion of it. And I had the compost pile right by the steps of the barn so that I could throw my evening bucket in there. Mm. Right whatever was left of the evening bucket of water. I would just toss into the compost pile, which was great for the compost pile, until one night, and this was so amazing, I swear that I had already thrown the water out of the bucket when I saw the skunk. Oh, oh my God. And somehow I got it back in. Because <laughs> you don't want to throw your bucket of water at the skunk. No, I don't even know how you got it back in. That's magic. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> like I've been visiting cartoon Susan, like somehow running faster. I have had several close encounters with skunks in my lifetime. Very, very close. Down in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, sleeping, waking up, nose to nose with a skunk. (laughs) Which was curious as to what I was doing there. (laughs) So I told it that it had nothing to worry about, that I was just sleeping there that one night and that I would soon be gone. Hmm. And it was willing to make that arrangement without... It was willing to make that arrangement with me, yes. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) So do we have uh, anybody who's called in with a question tonight? We do. We have three hands that have already pressed one to signal that they've got a question. So... I'll remind everyone else listening that may have a question. If you've got a question tonight, please press 1. That way we can see you have a hand up in the queue, and we'll know to open your line for a question. Oh, I just saw. Okay, yep, we still have three. So from the 352 area code, you are the first one in with a raised hand, and you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. This is Hi, what's up? Tonight. From Nashville, Tennessee. How are you? I'm doing well, and you? Oh man, what a great day! It's been a while. It's been a, uh, everywhere I turned, there was something to harvest. Yes, yes. What a fabulous day! I went. I I made a veer because I saw an easy, accessible elderflower tree. I pulled in there, and the the owners were like, you know, I'd talk to them and tell them what I was doing. And I ended up with like eight pounds of amazing pork fat. 
Oh, like, wow. Oh, you like, I'll, I'll bring you back some champagne. Yeah. And that literally happened here about 25 minutes ago. Isn't that fun? That is so much fun. So, Susan, I have a question about the cooked food debate. Okay. Tell me of some other supporting people that we can look into that have the same, that are, you know, present the same thing because it is. Well, I don't, I don't. You know, the whole just cook you know, you're asking, versus. You're asking for other opinions. And you see, I don't think this is an opinion. But I'm just saying, who else that you that yeah, but who do that, else, I mean, like Ryan Drum, is he along else, the same who line? Else is, who else is about opinion? That's what I'm saying. Who is opinion? So in the raw versus cooked debate, I don't talk about who. I talk about what. I talk about the fact that minerals must be extracted from their matrix, whether we're getting gold from ore or calcium from greens, and that those minerals are slow to move. This is not an opinion. We don't need to find who else thinks this because... Lots of people can have lots of other opinions, but it doesn't change the fact. And I agree. So what I'm because saying is I'm basing true. it on fact. I'm not basing it on Where, opinion. Where, where would a good place to Other um, than your raw versus cooked, which is brilliant. Thank well you presented. so much. Sarah Willis, it was a great hostess. Um. It was really well presented, and and you know, there it was just, well done. Uh, so wall, yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. well done. Yes. And so then, Brigitte, if there's Brigitte a actually wound up that. in the hospital because of nutritional deficiencies. And you know, and I hate that for her, but the Brigitte's argument, like you know, this we get to this bag of spinach last, and you're like, well, four servings in one bowl seems like a lot more sense to me than. <clears throat> And it's it's just true, and I dig it, and I really do dig it. And I and it's hard to fight the whole, you know, people wanting to do a little raw here and a little raw there. And this is cool. It's all good. Everybody's got to learn. But is there more resources to pick this information up that I can reference to? Is that better put? Well, what of Weston Price do you have, and have, um, and Sally Fallon? I, your, Sally Fallon is excellent. Yes, I have been to conferences. Yeah, Sally Fallon, you're right. There you go. And so, also, I think uh, you know, yeah, she and I, don't, I think Weston Price are, is a little outdated, though. But yeah, she and I are, but well, outdated. Um, Weston Price. I don't think there's a way to outdate what our ancestors ate. I'm not saying we should eat like our ancestors. But I think it's good to understand, like when I was doing the class on fats, and what Weston Price documented was that our ancestors ate a ratio of omega-6 to omega-2, either 1 to 1 or 2 to 1. 
and that the average American right now is eating a ratio of 58 to 1. And so far as we know, omega-6 fatty acids are inflammatory. So the omega-6 fatty acid ratio, again, this is not somebody's opinion. It's what we see. We know that the pre-industrialized people, right, we know by Western Prices Research and other researchers that pre-industrialized people didn't consume vegetable oil. Okay. It's not an opinion. So when I was referencing the well, oiling like of America by Sally uh, Allen, well, right, which, is, which is video. Homogenized. Um, for many people, homogenized milk is better. One of the reasons that goat's milk is more digestible for more people is because it's naturally homogenized. What homogenized means is that the fat has been broken down into smaller pieces so that it's easier for the body to digest. So being homogenized is a good idea. What what one of um, um, the researchers, right, we've been talking about Weston Price, and apparently, toward the end of his time, Weston um, connected with uh, somebody named Pottinger. And Pottinger was taking the adrenals out of cats and then seeing if they could reproduce. And what he found was that their reproductive success was very strongly influenced by the diet that he offered them. And when he offered them a diet that included raw meat, raw milk, either alone or together, that they were much more reproductively successful without their adrenal glands than when he didn't offer them those things. And he was offering them cooked milk and cooked meat, which weren't the same. And he wondered why there was such a difference. And what he discovered was that there are enzymes which help in the digestion of protein, which are present in raw milk and raw meat. Now, the, shall we call it, the raw food movement has taken this to mean that there are also enzymes present in fruits and vegetables and other things of plant origin which help us to digest them, but that's not true. So, so, yes, uh, raw eggs, raw meat, raw milk, raw fish, raw insects, the way to go. Everything else. Everything else cooked. And, in fact, throughout the world, most people choose to cook their meat, fish, eggs, well, milk. we know that. I mean, but you know, how about milk, like... Because remember that fermentation is cooking. So yogurt is cooked. Understood. Right. So, so when... So most... Again, when we look around the planet at what people ate before industrialized food, that food was 
cooked. And by cooked, I mean the application of heat, frozen, fermented, dehydrated, or covered in oil. Understood. So, so pulverizing and juicing are crazy. How about wheatgrass juice and all of these benefits and barley grass? Talk, talk. Really, really crazy. Really take an absolute leave of your senses. Anne Wigmore was not a very profound Well, opponent. let me tell you about Anne Wigmore because I happen to know Anne Wigmore. And I'll tell you how I happen to know Anne Wigmore. I met her. No, Anne Wigmore because she got in touch with me and said, I'm tired of living the lie. Can you help me tell people the truth? If you know of her story, she heals herself by doing what as a child? Sucking on the grass, chewing it, and spitting it out. No. By eating the plants that grew in the lawn. Okay. I was what plants do you yes, think those were? Great. Plantain... Clover. You know it, plantain, dandelion. Right. She Clover, wasn't eating the grass. Not. You cannot eat grass. It's micro serrated. It would turn your mouth into raw meat if you tried to eat grass. So she wanted to share with people what had healed her, which were the weeds and the plants of the lawn, and the people around her said, you can't do that. You can't, that's dangerous. People could eat a poisonous plant and die, and it would be your fault. You can't do that. You have to tell them to drink wheatgrass juice. It's just as good. Now, even in Juliet de Barclay Levy's book, uh, Natural, Natural Children or Nature's for Children, she def- there is some raw suggestions in there. So it, it, was it there, her um, just not and being you, able to get the science behind what she's saying? Excuse me, did, you, did Juliet um, have... No, I mean, she was not a raw suggestions I am not to good longevity and health. Uh, she's my goddess. I mean, I dig it. I'm, I'm just it, saying, I'm just bringing, I'm, I'm being a little I'm bit of an advocate for the process. That Juliet's suggestions did not lead to good health for her. Would you mind expounding on that, please? Yes. The suggestion to have certain things raw eventually led to her dementia. Like kales and collars and stuff like this? Especially um, green. Right. No, no, that is for sure the truth of the matter. uh, The the whole – and, Susan, let me make sure that I'm perfectly clear here that I'm instigating the conversation so as to make a reference to this conversation because it is a really good dynamic conversation to have with people when you really explain to them about plants can't run for their lives, so they've got to have a defense. And so I'm throwing things out here just to challenge and to create a a lively discussion. 
if I will. Good with good with me, no problem. So, so this has been good. So wheatgrass juice is is that as damaging so she, as she did raw? Not, she did not see wheatgrass juice helping people. She saw the placebo effect. And after years, she realized that's all she was seeing was a placebo effect, and she wanted me to help her integrate wild foods because she thought that's what really helped her was the wild plants, and I think she's right. And unfortunately, a fire broke out at her Boston This is Ann Wigmore you're talking about, not Juliet. Not Julia Wigmore. Yeah, Wigmore. yeah. right. That's who. That's who did wheatgrass. Correct. Anne Wigmore. And then that's, that's who we've been talking about here. Anne Wigmore with the wheatgrass juice, and Anne Wigmore did not lay in the lawn and suck the grass. She laid in the lawn and ate the plants. <laughs> it's different. It's very different. No, I, I, I'm listening. I mean, yeah. clover is different than chewing on blades of, I mean, and that is the reality. I mean, if, you know, perhaps it was pounding on, I mean, even when you take plantain and you chew it, you're breaking cell walls just by chewing on it, correct? Absolutely not. No, no. You how put a plantain you? leaf on a bee sting Excuse raw me, how big without chewing it, cell is it the same the, effect? Hey, Jackie, how big is a cell? What I'm saying is, if you chew it, what I am saying is, it the same is as putting it on there just raw no without chewing, chewing. It? No, because cells are microscopically small. Right. Well, my question is, a piece too of small. plantain too small for your teeth to 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 have any impact on. So just putting the plant without chewing it is just exactly the same as putting a little chewing on it and putting it on the sore or the stain. You got it. Just take the plant, put it on there. Same thing as chewing on it. Yes. I'm talking about food. We're talking about right. food value. Yeah, we're not talking about poultices. We're talking about food value. And well, I'm saying well, I was just talking about as much food value from swallowing the leaf whole as from chewing it because what you said – and what I'm countering is that chewing breaks the cell wall. It does not. Cell walls, okay. cells are tiny. There's approximately a million cells in a printed period on a page. It would be like giving you a sword, and your teeth aren't as sharp as a sword, and putting you in a room with marbles and telling you I'll give you a million dollars for every marble you cut. Well, I mean, when you when you how much money am I going to be out? How many marbles will you cut with that sword? None, because it will slide between the marbles. Just so your teeth, which aren't as sharp as a sword, are not going to break any of those marbles, which are the cells of the plant. Neither can a juicer. Neither can a grinder. What can break the cell walls is Heat, freezing cold, dehydration, fermentation, and covering with oil. How long do you have to cover the oil? 
I like to marinate overnight. On a salad? I don't think of a salad as a source of nutrition. I think of a salad as a source of bacteria and olive oil, so it doesn't really matter to me that I that I marinate the salad. I would marinate gazpacho, so I'd cut my tomatoes and my cucumbers, and I would marinate them overnight in oil and some kind of herbal vinegar, and then serve it the next day. Um, but that's usually considered a soup, and we make a watermelon soup, which is um, diced watermelon and sliced cucumber, which is marinated in olive oil and mint vinegar, and then served the next day. And the the liquid uh, in the watermelon soup turns bright red, as red as tomato sauce. So you can see that the carotenes are ready to be absorbed by your body. Whereas I've worked in many health food stores where we sold carrot juice to people who were slowly turning orange because the carotenes in the raw carrot juice were not being used by their body and they were being thrown off into their skin. It's hard when the, this there's very little to reference to on this matter when there's a ton to reference to for the raw food thing. and, and it, it, But people got to live and learn, I reckon. I, 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 I can't understand why you're saying this. What I am saying is normal nutrition. I'm not arguing. Everything that is talked about for nutrition out there is what I am saying. There is a small fringe that supports raw food, but it is by no means a mainstream, nor does it have a vast amount of information. And all of that information opinion, and very little of it is fact. And I'm, that's where I'm Just where we started, that. this for me is not a matter of opinion. If you want to fight opinion, you're going to lose because people don't I wasn't change thinking their about opinion. A fight at all. The more nonsensical their opinion is, the less likely it is that they will change it. Isn't this what we found out at the Hypericum Conference? That we get, uh, we ended the fear at the Comfrey Conference, but I don't think we ended the nonsense. Nonsense goes on and on because people cling to their nonsense. So we just have to let them have it. Let them have it. Let them have it. Don't wear yourself out trying to get through their nonsense. I wasn't thinking where I'm out or any of that kind of thought. I just was trying to get a little bit more background. It's not my opinion. These are the facts. And then they say, where did you get these facts? And then I would like to get some references from you you where these facts come from. From any nutrition website. Any nutrition website. Okay. Like, can you go for me to go to Harvard Medical School and look up nutrition, and that's what they will tell you. Okay. I love it. The tomato sauce is 10 times more vitamin A than um, raw tomatoes. And that's what you presented in the raw versus, and that's what I'm asking you. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm listening. I'm listening. I got you. I'm listening. It's ordinary information. It's totally ordinary. There's nothing strange or difficult or. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the Southerners, they cook the hell out of their collars. And they wouldn't have it any other way. 
You can't I mean, put you know, the hell out of your greens. I All understand, you can but what I'm saying they, 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 there is they, no hell in them they, to cook out. The uh, longer you cook, the more nutrition you get. And well, why they cook them all day the long well, because they can the afford to throw the nutrition away. Right on, right on. I understood. Right, right. and I'm and understood. So they again they what didn't cook the hell out of them. <laughs> they cooked the minerals out of them. They liberated the minerals. Liberating. There you Liberating. go. That's a nice word. Liberate the minerals. <laughs> well, I can always there. count on it's hard for them to move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that was stimulating enough. I'll defer to the next caller. Till the next All time. right. Love you, Jackie. Bye bye. Green blessings. Bye-bye. Green blessings. All right, and I'll remind everyone, if you have a question this evening and would like to speak live with Susan, please press 1 so that we can see your hands go up in the queue. This time, we've got two callers with a raised hand. The next is dialed in from the 510 area code. From the 510, you are live with Susan. Hi there. Excuse me. Hey there. My name is Patty, and I am experiencing, I might be an ear infection, so one of my ears, everything sounds muffled for about four days now, and there's no pain associated with it. And just yesterday, I started realizing it might be an infection. Before like that, I just thought it was a mystery, a total mystery. Have you been, have you been swimming in the past couple of weeks? Um, I don't think so, and I don't feel any sensation of water in my ear, even though Mm -hmm. the muffled experience reminds me of when I've had water in my ear. I Mm -hmm. did have um, like a sore throat slash um, kind of swollen lymph node Mm -hmm. um, for about a week right before this, and I was taking some propolis spray during that time, but um, it didn't you know, it didn't get worse, it didn't get better, the sore throat, and then finally it went away, and right around the same time, this thing started with my ear, and now it's been pretty consistent. Interesting. So so you think it might be kind of the same infection, just moving around. So yeah. do you have any anti-infective herbs that you could use? Um, do you count propolis as an anti-infective herb? It's a mild anti-infective herb. Okay, it's one I've it's, just been it's using. Better topically than systemically. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, an ear infection is you. We usually need to try something systemic because it's hard to get at topically. Topically, what's really easy to use is garlic oil. Mhm. So actually, last night I put garlic oil in my ear and laid. Um, laid on my side for 15 minutes and yeah so yesterday was the first time I started trying to treat it at all and I took more propolis I put the garlic oil in and I drank a cup of sage tea on a friend's recommendation and when I woke up this morning I thought it was possibly cleared like I kind of you know the sensation was 
gone, or I was pretty sure it was gone for a few hours, and then it resumed at the same level around 10 a.m. and has been consistent all day. So I could, you know. You did those things once. Uh Uh-huh. That's not how herbal medicine works. Right. Right? Yes. You have to repeat. Yes. You did them yesterday? I did, uh, yeah. And you do them as soon as you wake up in the morning, and then you do them as soon as you feel a symptom, and then you do them again, and then you do them before you go to sleep. You keep doing them over and over and over again. Okay. (laughs) Because they're not drugs. Right. Right? Drugs can go on and on and on for hours and hours and hours, but herbs aren't drugs. You have to keep you have to keep taking them. You have to you have to make a you have to make a pretty big effort, in fact, when you're using herbal medicine. It's one of the reasons that people prefer drugs. Because right. they don't want to be bothered. Yes. I think because of the lack of pain with this um condition, I was wondering if there was like if it was a mechanical type issue like something just kind of got out of place and um but I do seem to have a mild amount of mucus um also so I guess it makes sense I'm kind of looking for uh does this sound like an infection I don't think that that's important okay in fact, I steer people away from diagnosis. Okay. Yeah. Because diagnosis usually means that we're treating a condition rather than a person. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm much more interested in you and what you're experiencing and what would be helpful for you than trying to decide whether or not you have an infection. The things that you're doing will not harm you, right? Right. If you don't have an infection and you do those things, you are not going to come to any harm of any kind. Right. And you'll know pretty soon. But you did say you thought maybe you were better. That's fine. And that to my mind, is enough reason to repeat. Hmm, I think maybe this worked. Good, let's do it some more. Let's keep repeating it. Let's really give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I can do that. Yeah. I, 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 I see this with quite frequently, that it's kind of hard for people to really feel safe enough or believe that you have to use as much herb as you have to use and as frequently as you have to use it to get really superior results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that sounds that sounds like me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So lay it on, keep on with what you're doing. If you have access to echinacea Mm -hmm. and 
it turns out that it is an infection, um, which you will know because what you're doing won't clear it. Uh And you'll say, oh, hmm, well, the milder things didn't really work, so it must be an infection. Let me get some echinacea and work with that for a while. And again, Uh if you're wrong and it's actually not an infection, taking echinacea for a while won't hurt you, and if it is, it could get rid of it if you take enough, frequently enough. Mm-hmm. And I I prefer to allow myself, if I'm in a situation which isn't threatening to my health or well-being, to experience um, what happens when I use this herb repeatedly. How does my body respond to this? What is it calling for? Is this something that that makes me um, feel nourished and cared for and like, yes, I'm on the right track? I mean, it, it, the subtlest thing, when I was doing my mistletoe therapy, I said to the MD who was in charge of the mistletoe therapy, I said, maybe you're going to think that this is like just totally off the wall and I shouldn't even really bring it up. But um, I've been noticing that when I inject this, um, when I had to inject it each night, I said, it's like my skin is getting harder and harder to pierce. I said, I don't know what to say except that I have to exert more and more force to get the needle in my skin as though my body were rejecting it. And she said, I'm so glad you told me that. She said, you know, mistletoe grows on different kinds of trees. And we've been giving you ash mistletoe, the mistletoe from the ash tree, which I thought was very appropriate. She said, but obviously your body doesn't want that, so we're going to give you molly. And I thought she was saying M-O-L-L-Y, molly. But she was saying M-A-L-I, molly, which is apple tree. Uh Uh-huh. So when we are attuned, it's very easy to know what to do. Because we are paying attention, and that's really mm-hmm. all it. Mhm. And taking time to slow down and do the treatments that I'm trying out <laughs> will help me be. Attentive. You don't even really. You don't have to slow down. You, as a matter of fact, maybe you have to go faster because you're going to do a little more. Mhm. I was the garlic oil in my ear. I have to lay down for a while. <laughs> stop, stop working and stop Surely doing. you're answering email while you're laying down. <laughs> yeah, well, I can, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, well, perfect. I, I think I know what to do then, and I really appreciate your your time and thoughts on this. You're so welcome. Sweet blessings. Good night. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And if you have a question for Susan this evening, please press 1 so that we can see your hands go up in the queue. 
And at this time, we have one caller that has a raised hand. Oh, they just took their hand down. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was, that is, I am so psychic. I was able to answer their question without even speaking to them. <laughs> Maybe they thought of another one. <laughs> Again. So, so back five one zero um, to another caller who has their hand up from the five one zero. You're live with Susan. Thank you. Greetings, Guru Susan Weeds. How are you? I am enjoying being back home. It's always a nice place to be. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to ask you. I have two questions, if that's okay. And I can be really quick. My first question is, um, I was recently told um, that I have high cholesterol. And I don't believe in any of this, but I was I was told this. And then I was told, oh, you should take some statins. And I thought, well, first of all, what does that mean to have high cholesterol? And second, what would be a herbal alternative to these uh, modern medicines that they call statins? Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that I suggest to people, and you might want to think about for the future, is mm-hmm. to say no to any test whose results yeah. are going mm-hmm. to cause a disagreement between you and the tester. Mm. Absolutely. You knew before you had that test that you probably wouldn't take statins. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. And they gave you that test with every expectation that you would have to take statins as a result of that test. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Yeah, you're totally right. So you don't now need to decide that the results of the test are somehow important to you because they're not. Right. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. suddenly have to say, I'm not going to take a drug to reduce my cholesterol. I'm going to take an herb to reduce my cholesterol. <laughs> yeah. You just don't have to go there. Mm. How? High was your total cholesterol? I'm not sure. I took no notice. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Well, this would be an interesting thing. If you're going to be concerned about your cholesterol, it would be, first of all, important to know how high do they think is high. Mm-hmm. So I have been in relationship with a person who spent most of his life with his cholesterol level at 400 or higher. Mm. The modern amount that you're supposed to have is 200. Every man in his family died of a heart attack. He never had a heart attack. Mm. Because cholesterol doesn't cause heart attacks. Inflammation does. But there's a 
But there's a drug that can reduce your cholesterol numbers. We can test it. We can say it's high. We can give you a drug. We can test it again and say, look, the drug worked. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. I, uh, Much harder to do with inflammation. There is a marker of inflammation called C-reactive protein which is a general marker of inflammation, but it also kind of pinpoints inflammation in the blood vessels. And so if you are concerned that you might be at risk for heart attack or stroke, then that's something, a test that you could get. And you know how to reduce inflammation. That's right. Linden is a wonderful inflammation reducer. Mmm, love Linden. Right? In fact, mm. virtually all of the herbs that are nourishing and tonifying are anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Virtually every whole food, when it is well prepared, is anti-inflammatory. Mm. Processed foods and highly processed foods is what I really mean. The current parlance is highly processed since, needless to say, the sourdough sprouted wheat bread that I made is processed, isn't it? I processed Mm. wheat by sprouting it. I processed it by grinding it into flour. I processed it by having a sourdough starter. It's definitely processed food. It's not just raw wheat chewing up here. Right. But it's really different than highly processed food in which the wheat has all of the nutrition stripped away from it and it is conditioned so that it can be risen with yeast instead of fermented. It took me 24 hours to make bread. Mm. The modern world doesn't have time for that. That's right. Right. Well, thank you for that reminder about living. Yeah. Uh, and for not so you, you know how to stay healthy. I and it do. doesn't have to do with changing your cholesterol number. Yeah. Now, I, I all that said, I do have a course at wisewomanschool.com. It's not a video course. It's just a written course on mm. have a healthy heart. It's a three-part course, and one of those parts focuses on cholesterol and talks about the best herbs for reducing cholesterol, the best foods for reducing cholesterol. Mm. Furthermore, I have a book called Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines. That's A-W-S-M, awesome. And one mm. of the awesome things about that book is in the pharmaceutical medicine chapter, I have a series of two-page spreads with herbs on one side and drugs on the other, anti-anxiety alternatives, anti-anxiety drugs, anti-inflammatory alternatives, anti-inflammatory drugs, antihistamine alternatives, antihistamine drugs, right? And, of course, we have a 
antihypertensive, and we probably have um, anti-cholesterol drugs and anti-cholesterol alternatives in there. And I also know that there's, um, where is that? If we make that in an appendix. Gratitude, here's the recipes. Yes, appendix one, cholesterol-reducing foods. Almonds, apples, avocados, beans, peas, lentils, carrots, dark chocolate, cinnamon, cooked leafy greens, fatty fish, flaxseed, garlic, hibiscus infusion, nourishing herbal infusions, nuts, oats, olive oil, oranges, pears, roots, shiitake, mushrooms, soy, strawberries, tea, black or green, whole grains, okra, eggplant, burdock, avoid. Coffee creamer, white sugar, white flour, corn syrup, soda pop, vegetable oil, processed meat, and eating out. (laughs) Okay, so you have the whole course. You can go really dive deep, you know, lots of specifics. And you have, you know, the two pages, Appendix 1, anti-cholesterol foods there in awesome. Ah, you're the best. Thank you for that. My question was, uh, how do you, uh, I'm on day two of just um, fasting, but just drinking my wise woman nourishing herbs. Um, do you, is that something that you do? Do you not, not uh, just not eat food for a little while and just drink your herbs? Why on earth would I do that? What do you think about that? I just wanted a little break. From Why on earth would I do that? I'll tell you what I think about mm-hmm. that. I think that to do that, the first thing you should do is prepare yourself by not breathing for a little while. Don't you think your lungs deserve a rest? I mean, really? And then after you do that, I think you should give your heart a rest and not circulate your blood for a while. Maybe it's just like one hour out of the day. Just don't circulate your blood so your heart and your circulatory system can just rest, okay? Oh, no, Susan. Your digestive system is meant to be in motion. Mm. Mm. It is not meant to be rested. I'll tell you what was behind my thought process. I, I, I know that the, the wise woman tradition, the herbs are all full of protein and mineral. And I thought, oh, let me, let me give my, let me just give my, I don't know what I was thinking. I just thought, let me try drinking the herbs and not eating anything that I need to masticate. But you think that's a bad idea? Well, I remember Christopher Hobbs. Mm. was teaching a class on heart health. And he said, for those of you who want to leave early, I'm going to give the show away at the very beginning. The most important, in fact, it might be the only important thing for heart health is fiber. Mm. How much fiber are you getting in your nourishing herbal infusions? I don't think I'm getting any. Correct. 
Uh oh. Okay. I'm glad I spoke to you, Susan. Fiber is the thing that helps your diet. I hope you're okay. No doubt that I will be. Choked me up. What can I say? (laughs) I'm sending you so much love. I hope you're okay. I am just fine. Thank you. There's something about fiber that just choked me up. (laughs) 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 I'm so glad I spoke to you. But if you think about it, you know, the digestive system is a tube, right? Yeah. And the fiber is what moves things through the tube. Mm. And it slows things down at the same time. Mm. Nutritional uptake is a factor of time. Mm -hmm. Things have to go on in our bodies in order for us to utilize what is in the food that we eat. We can digest very, very well and get lots of nutrition into our blood. But if we don't have the right bacteria and the right enzymes that we need to make, that nutrition may not get all the way to the cell. Mm -hmm. And... That nutrition might not even get out of the digestive tract if it goes through too fast. So mm-hmm. no human being has ever died of constipation. Right. It's a non-lethal, though uncomfortable situation. If you want to be totally grossed out, I think there's a picture on the Internet of a Chinese man who had an operation to remove something like 150 pounds of impacted fecal matter. He hadn't gone to the bathroom in years. Oh, my God. Wow. didn't die because constipation can never kill you. But diarrhea is the leading cause of childhood death on this planet. Because you can die really fast. That's right. From diarrhea, because your food is moving too fast through your gut Mm -hmm. for you to pick up any nutrition. Mm -hmm. So the fiber slows it down so that you can grab it. Oh, yes. 
you know, in the over 50 years that I've been doing all this, I have seen a lot of fads and a lot of people come and go. Mm -hmm. But there is a persistent underlying desire to equate bodilessness with purity and godliness. Mm. And the less we can have to do with the body, the purer and more godly we are. Mm. And I say sigh on that. Yes. I say participate in all of your senses. Participate in everything your body has to offer. This is your chance. We don't know if you're ever going to have another one. Mm. Hmm. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you, Susan. It's been enlightening. You're welcome. <laughs> and we were talking about wow, what a thrill it was at this conference to have fabulous food. I mean, just, you know, wild rice and organic chicken and, and oh. cooked greens served you and fermented food. It's just like, ah, oh, and somebody cleaned up after you. It's like, yes, yes, yes. I said, oh, and I wouldn't God. want it that way all the time because I enjoy shopping for food and I enjoy preparing the food and I enjoy eating the food. Mm. Okay, maybe I don't totally thrill to washing up, but you know, <laughs> hot water and soap, it's not all bad. <laughs> oh, I am going to go and prepare a lovely, fibrous, nutritious meal, and I will pray <laughs> and, and thank you for your, for your guidance. Thank you so much. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Peace. All right. And I will remind everyone listening, we've got about uh, 12 minutes before our guest joins us this evening. So if you have a question for Susan, please press 1 so that we can see your hand in the queue. Um, I am not at this time seeing any hands raised. And I don't have an email question this week. So... Well, let us, let's reminisce some more about the, the conference. What else oh, did you do you at the me? conference besides go on the ferry walk? Oh, now I can hear you again. And actually, in that, I, I didn't hear what you said after reminiscing, but I did see two hands go up. Um, oh, well, all right, let's answer those hands. All right. Oh, we're back to one hand. One hand from the 845 area code is up. From the 845, if um, you have a question for Susan, go ahead. Uh, hello, Susan. Thank you, uh, Sarah Ellen. Hey, what's up tonight? Uh, I just want to ask a quick, uh, quick question about um, a, a particular mint. Um, some people have been telling me that uh, there's a mint called sweet mint. 
But I've I've looked up three different varieties uh, that go by that common name. So um, I'm wondering if you had any ideas about it. Uh, They say it's the best mint to make like a mint sauce or the mint that they might use for mojitas. Supposed to be more tender and more juicy. The and I saw something called family um, is enormous. Yeah, it was. I think there it, it, it might be a three hundred different genera in the mint family. Yeah. And yeah, mint yeah. plants run from tiny, like thyme, yeah. to uh, really, really big. Teak is in the mint family. Teak trees are mint family oh, really? plants. Interesting. Yeah. So, of course, most of us are hung up on the aromatic mints. The aromatic mints are especially adept at crossbreeding. Yeah. In Zealand, I went to a sage garden which had over 400 different kinds of sage. Oh, my Oh, my God. Wow, right? Wow. As a matter of fact, we're not even really sure that both spearmint and peppermint are wild. It's quite possible that just one of them is wild and that the other one somehow sprung up from the first one. At any rate, if you grow more than one kind of mint, you're probably going to get a crossbreed and something interesting is going to grow, which is how you can have mm, a plant that looks like catnip that smells like lemon balm. Or a plant mm-hmm. that looks like um, bergamot but smells like oregano. Right. So this, of course, is one of the reasons that we use botanical names so that we can get a little I closer know. to what we're talking about. But even here in the mint family, it's not going to be as much help because of the crossbreeding. So really, the only way for you to get this sweet mint yeah, it's you somebody to give you a start of it. They just cut off a piece, you stick it in a glass of water. As soon as it has roots, you put it in soil, wham, you have it. Well, the the problem was with this discussion was um, they said they grew up, and um, this is the mint that they used, and I looked up Scottish mint, and I said, well, it's a peppermint, and that's what I said I use is a peppermint. I don't know what kind of peppermint I grow, but it's the only mint I grow um, well, I do have some lemon balm um, and some oregano, but not in like a giant, you know, massive <laughs> amount. And um, yeah, the spearmint um, and, and the and the uh, tag that she bought it from it just said sweet mint. There was no Latin name whatsoever. Uh, and oh, you call it when she bought it? She bought it in Scotland. <laughs> She said she grew up in Scotland, and and she found this mint that was the same mint that she grew, and um, but it didn't it didn't have it was smoother than regular. Does she have it now? She does, but she doesn't live around here. Then she can send it to you through the mail. No, she's not going to do that. Unfortunately, she's uh, too bad. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I tried and tried you everything I could do. <laughs> well, that's a little hard right now, but um, 
Yeah, it's. I think it's some kind of hybrid. I was because I was looking up these different mints, and I I didn't know uh, there was such a vast of uh, variety of these um, peppermint. Uh, I'm sorry, spearmint uh, hybrids. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> anyway, I just was wondering because it's supposed to be a culinary well, thing. To me, spearmint and peppermint are really different, and yes. you know the mints have two main ways of flowering. They flower out at the end like lavender and spearmint, or they flower in necklaces around the stalk like, like peppermint and motherwort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely I, spearmint. I, I personally would tear spearmint out of my garden. I really personally don't like the taste of it. I prefer peppermint, and I grow a huge variety of peppermints because every time I'm in somebody's garden and they have the kind of peppermint that I like, I cut a piece and I bring it home and I grow it. That is so funny. I'm just the exact opposite. I can't stand peppermint. I love spearmint. That is so funny. (laughs) That is so funny. Almost reminds me of the thing with cilantro where, you know, some people just like, you know, they're like, they'd rather eat a bar of soap than eat cilantro. Than eat cilantro, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, okay, well, I'll I'll keep looking. And if you think of it, um, ask Justine and see what she might say about this. But it's, it's supposed to be the... There's no, no way anybody can get any closer to it than by having an actual cutting of the plant because... In, other than that, we're not going to be able to identify it. Well, it's supposed to be the sweetest of the mints. That's what they, that's supposedly. Anyway. Yeah, uh, and and, was, and on whose scale? I know. It's an opinion. It's, an opinion. it's very difficult yeah. when we're dealing in opinion to that's get agreement. True. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that. And uh, to each their own mint. <laughs> each to their own mint. Green blessings. Bye-bye. Green blessings. Right. And let's see. Uh, there is another hand, 845 area code. And the 845, you are live with Susan. Hi. Am I on? Hi. Hi, Susan. Hi. It's Mary Jo. I, Mary Jo Mellon. We've spoken before. We know each other from different circumstances. Hi, and yes, work I hear up. you from the 845. Susan, are you still there? I'm right here, yeah. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Do you hear me? Did you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Mary Hi. Jo here. I know it's a very Hi, short Mary amount jo. of time. Hi, there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have had a hip pain for, for years. I finally, on the pressure of my sister got an x-ray and found out I have an osteo, osteotabular osteophyte. It's a bone spur, but um, with my history of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, I'm concerned here. I feel like it was, I, it, was a, it was a ligament or tendon thing I could deal with, and I'm discouraged, but everything they tell me about is you can just take care of the pain with ibuprofen and and Tylenol and all this, I can't take those things. I physically can't take those things. They are like throwing a grenade into my gut. I was wondering, I mean, besides the fact that I, I do nettle tea intensely, and I'm going to be doing it more so now, I have a wonderful Gaia gifted me with Gaia gifted me with nettles growing like crazy, so I feel like she knew what it was going to be. Other than that, what can I do to, to reduce this? There's nothing online that I can do. Or even okay. in your book. First, first of all, I am concerned that you are 
using nettle as a tea? Uh, Is it some reason I'm you're not making I, infusion? I loosely. Infusion, I mean, it's, no, infusion. I do it by so the So you are actually weighing out an ounce of nettle? Yes, I do. I, I know I know how to do it. I've studied with you okay. in shops. I know right. that. So nettles Good. are... I'm glad, uh, to hear, glad to hear that. Okay, so it's not yeah, tea. No, 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 I'm actually honest. infusion. And... But also, you know, it made me think, oh, boy, she really is making tea, is that, oh, sudden you're graced with nettle, but it has to be dried. You can't use it fresh. Absolutely. It's all okay. when I dry okay. next full moon, I'll be harvesting so you have, all of my you have, you have consistently right been direction? drinking nourishing herbal infusions, or you've just been drinking nettle? I, I've got oat straw and clover, but all mm-hmm. the, not as much as I wanted to. You know, I've been loose and goose and... But I feel, I mean, I'm very discouraged by this, to be honest with you. I spent one day having a pity party for myself, and now I'm moving on. And I All right. To... Well, day for the pity party. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, okay, now I'm going to just to then move on. on. It's like, okay, we did yeah. the pity. Now let's <clears throat> deal with what we need to deal with here. And I'm in a lot of so pain for walking. That, that's that's what I'm trying that. to find out. So you have a scale, you weigh out an ounce of dried herb, you put it in a quart jar, you fill it to the top of the boiling water, you rotate through stinging nettle, oat straw, red clover, comfrey leaf, and linden, but you do it somewhat erratically. Yes. I haven't, yet. Yeah, everything has been sporadically. I, I, I need to get a sense from you. Is, will this, if I do things more intentionally and focused on doing it as a, a treatment rather than just the way I want to live, um, can I reduce that osteophyte, which is otherwise known as a bone spur? I think so. I've seen people do that. Yes, that's what I need to, to, to know. Yeah. I mean, it's causing a tremendous amount of pain, especially on strange movements. And I kept thinking, this is in my head. I can talk to this. I can befriend this hip. It's not working. I hear you. <laughs> That doesn't necessarily mean you can't befriend it. Mm-hmm. Or as one of the most amazing talks by a Buddhist monk I ever heard was from a Buddhist monk who told us that he was diagnosed with a chronic condition that there's no cure for. He was just going to get worse and worse and worse. And then he spent a lot of time really beating himself up about this because he thought, well, you know, if you're you you know, if you're sick, it's because you're not meditating right, you're not spiritual enough. And eventually he realized that actually <clears throat> we have come here in order to get sick and to have accidents and to be injured and to die. Mm-hmm. And that those things, in fact, are successes and we don't have to look at them as failures. And he said... So I began to understand that my thinking could not cure me, but it could injure me. Yeah. Overthinking. Mm-hmm. No. Giving up. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving up. I, I, I love to walk right. out. Yeah. So what, so what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that <clears throat> don't expect your good thoughts to cure you, yeah. expect them to keep you from feeling worse. Mm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Right? 
you can't take non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. No, I can't. Is CBD useful to you? I, it has not worked for me before. I had some white feather had made at one point, and it wouldn't. I, it didn't. I didn't. I didn't even get it. You know. Um, I mean, I didn't I'm even. Feel, I didn't even feel a response to it. So maybe I haven't done it seriously you, enough. You took it topically or internally? A tincture. You took the uh, CBD tincture. Yeah. Um, I personally ago. don't think that CBD as a tincture is very effective. Okay. Uh, topically, it can be extremely effective um, in an oil. Consuming the oil can be um, effective pain relief. The tincture usually needs to be made from the flowers mm-hmm. because CBD has little pain-relieving effects when taken internally that way. Okay. Then, that, then that's not just me then, okay? Yeah, no, it's not just you at all. I want more than but pain control. I have oil, one of my problems is that I have a high tolerance for pain. Also, so. in terms of dissolving bone spurs, violet oil. Violet. Oh my God, the violets in my yard are going crazy. There you go. It's considered to be. It's amazing. Very, very. And I could, I could, I could talk to you more if you could call next week or in a couple of weeks. But I want to be sure that our guest tonight gets her time. It's already a little bit after nine. Tell me, while the violets are still out there, is it the leaves or the flowers or both? Usually it's the leaves, but you certainly, most people who are making it put some flowers in because they're so pretty. And do it as a tincture or an oil? Generally it's used as an oil and rubbed into that area with the idea that it is going to help you slowly dissolve and reabsorb that spur. That's what I want to do. All right, yeah. I'll call again, but I'm going to do that this week while my violets are going crazy. How wonderful. All right. They always they always tell me everything. <laughs> Thank you. To be continued then. Thank Bye-bye. you. To be continued. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sarah Ellen, do you have a bio? I do have a bio for Lucretia. Would you like me to read it? I would like you to read it because I don't have one. All right. Uh, Here we go. All right. Lucretia Jones has been working and learning with plants for over 20 years and was first introduced to the wise woman tradition while living an artist's life in New York City. Lucretia's father had passed away three days prior to the World Trade Center collapse in 2001, and that uncertainty sent her on a quest to find more autonomy and connection with the natural world. Lucretia loves connecting people with plants. As a wise woman herbalist, her favorite times are spent meeting new and old plant friends wherever she happens to be. Sharing those relationships with other humans led Lucretia to create House of Lucaya in 2003. House of Lakaya is a mobile and online source for offerings, including plant medicine workshops, incense, twists, and other handcrafts. Also, a pocket guide, as Susan mentioned earlier, to nourishing nourishing herbal infusions, which Lucretia self-published in 2018. Lucretia joined the board of Herbalists Without Borders in 2015 and is also on the planning team for the Black Tiny Home Festival. 
two organizations that are bringing communities together with nature as their guide. In 2019, Lucretia and her partner purchased land in Virginia where they are building a homestead from scratch. Throughout several changes in lifestyle and location, Lucretia has been making infusions consistently for many years and is excited to share her journey with you. She welcomes your communications at her website, houseoflucaya.com, and on Instagram, at House of Lucaya. And with that, we welcome Lucretia. Hey, everybody. Hi, girlfriend. <laughs> Good to be with you again. Thanks for so soon. coming and sharing with us. Thank you for having me. It is always so exciting. And I don't think we've had anybody really talk about Herbalist Without Borders, so I'm very excited. Will you kind of awesome. take it away and I'll jump in when I want some further explanations? Yes. Well, I actually, when I found out um, while I was driving, because I'm still on my drive home from the conference, um, and I'm at a stop in West Virginia, sprawled out in the van, taking a break. So I'm actually able to read um, a little bit from the website. So I'll just read the first paragraph, because I think it really sums up what Herbalist Without Borders is about. Um, and so Herbalist Without Borders is a membership-based nonprofit local to global network devoted to providing compassionate, holistic care to communities and countries in need, impacted by natural disasters, violent conflicts, poverty, trauma, and other access barriers to health and wellness. And so that's just the first paragraph. You can go to their website at hwbglobal.org and find out way more. But the gist of it is that they are a central organization that is not offering central care. So they're not like one organization saying, this is what we do everywhere we are. What they do is empower people in their communities to find out what their community needs. So it doesn't even have to be some sort of disaster. It can just be that we have um, food pantries that never get urged. That's that's my personal project. That's part of the project I'm working on. But other people can, when I lived in D.C., we had a chapter there that focused on community gardens and making sure there were medicinal plants that people could, could have access to and learn about. Um, and so it really can be tailored to what is going on in your area, and you can do it in a group of people, and you can do it by yourself. Um, and so they kind of provide wow. an umbrella. Yeah, that's what I love about it. I mean, they really provide an umbrella, like literal umbrella for you to work within a nonprofit without having to do an individual nonprofit yourself. I had really had no idea that it was that friendly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I've been on the board for a while now, and there have been several changes to that. And the group that is on the board right now is just, really wonderful and I feel is going to be around for a while and um, just doing a lot of great work to make sure that everyone can have access to herbal medicine. Hooray! Yeah. So the specifics of what you're doing would Mm -hmm. look different than the specifics of what somebody in another place is doing because mm-hmm. you're not tied in it's not like a franchise exactly exactly you have right. To, right everybody right. has to serve the same thing mhm mhm the bottom line is everyone wants 
everyone, to, the people who were part of this organization, want everyone to have access to health care. And I love starting it. with the plan. Yeah. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's so nice to know that there are so many good-hearted people in the world. So what mm-hmm. what do the specifics look like where you are? So I started the HWB Wishflower Gardens Project. And Wishflower Gardens is named after um, my son really realizing um, he noticed dandelion. And he noticed, you know, I, I talk about, you know, obviously a lot of plants with him and he's around me as I'm making things. And um, he pointed that out one day. We passed this field of dandelions and I had talked to him about blowing on them and making wishes and all that. And he was like, there's a field of wish flowers. He's nine. This oh. was like maybe a year or so ago. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, he's paying attention. He's listening oh, to me yeah. now. He really is paying attention. And so it, I just got inspired right then that, like, something is going to have this name. Like, something will have this name. And then when the opportunity presented itself to start a project with Herbal Style Borders, I was like, that's the name. And yeah. it's going to be about giving people access to gardens that are land that we were already growing, but that we are obviously going to keep, you know, expanding on and nurturing and allow people to come and learn, like, right there with the plants um, and also be able to learn to harvest, learn how to make medicines. Um, and then from there, after, you know, that's the first step of it is to really have these gardens really thriving. Um, and then after that, um, our goal is to be able to make care kits because there's some local food pantries um, and clinics, health clinics in the area where we are. And, you know, most food pantries are getting like canned food um, and they're not getting access to herbs. And so that's something that we'll be able to donate. And then also the great thing about Herbalists Without Borders as as a total organization is that all the different chapters and projects around the world can make whatever it is they're making. Like say someone grows a lot of oat straw, which is one of the plants we'll be focusing on. Um, We can then send um, bags of oat straw, dried oat straw, to um, the distribution center that's actually in Wisconsin. And then that can get shipped out to different places that need it. And so everyone can be contributing. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's amazing. And so that's one of our goals to be able to do that as well. So obviously we have to start with growing the plant, and so we've got to get that really going. Let's get um, that going. Then, there you go. Yes, yes. And then that's the next step is to be able to send, send these plants out into the world. Yeah. I'm smiling so much <laughs> I can't even speak. <laughs> I love it. so what we have is what most of us kind of imagined the barefoot doctor in China was Hmm. a grassroots way of connecting abundance and scarcity so that the abundance can flow to the scarcity hmm Yes. Yeah, I love you say grassroots because one of the the things that um, one of the, I guess the motto of the organization is down to the ground healthcare. 
And I love the idea of it going down in the ground as opposed to like something going up and out, even though it is going up and out, but just this idea of like really getting to the root of where the plant is growing, really getting to the root of what's needed in the community. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, if someone's listening and saying, I want to do that, Mm -hmm. what would be their next step? So, they would go to hwbglobal.org and you'll see at the top. HWB. Okay. Or without orders, HWB. Right. All right. Yeah. Makes it easy. And then they would. See at the top of the the top of the page there, they'll see join as a member, and so they would then join as a member, um, and there's different membership amounts, um, and then from there they would be able to decide there, if there's a chapter already in their area. They try to keep it so obviously there aren't multiple chapters in the exact same place because they want everyone to work together. It's there, so if there's a chapter, you know, but it's an an hour away from you, then you can start one where you are. Okay. And so if that if that's more the goal for you. And then um if you'd like you can then do a project if it's just you. Um if you feel like there's not enough people around you to work with you yet or you're trying to get to know people to work with you but you really want to get something going, kind of like what I'm doing. I'm starting it with me and I met a wonderful farmer friend out in um near Farmville and she joined as we talked about this. She joined as a member already. And she donated, um, you know, plants to me to help me get to the conference. She donated plants to me to sell, get gas money to get to the conference this past weekend. And she's going to be doing that on the farm. Yeah, she's amazing, Christy. Um, Uh Yeah, she knows your work, too. She knows your work and loves your work. Um, Uh, And she's really excited about that. So, yeah, she's great. Um, and she has, um, you know, many birds, <laughs> many types of birds on her farm, but and much and so much space. And so we've been talking about different plants that she can grow beyond the produce that she's been growing um, to also help this project. Oh, supportive for both of you, and what's fun? Yes, yes. I actually met her 15 years ago at a farmer's market and would buy her jellies. <laughs> and then we reconnected <laughs> through mutual friends once we got the land. It turned out she'd been living out there 40 years. So it's great. All right. Mm-hmm. What else is fun and new and keeping you jumping? Ah, um, this trip, (laughs) this recent trip this weekend, it's the longest drive I've ever made alone, Um, and that has been amazing, and I'll be actually teaching Bull's Medicine Circle uh, at the Shenandoah Valley Herbal Gathering this coming weekend in West Virginia, which is where I am right now, strangely enough, but I'll be heading home and then going back there this weekend. And going back, so I'm okay. excited about that. Yeah, and I get to teach in a yurt, so I'm excited about that. And I, I mm-hmm. taught there um, some years ago, um, and I'm just glad to be back. I'm glad to get to go back there. It's a really great – it's called. It's on a farm called Sacred Roots 
um, Herbal Sanctuary. And they're also, she's also knows your work and very much the wise woman tradition, a very um, uh, local ceremonial oriented. And it's going to be a one day event with a lot of different great teachers. And so I'm excited to be one of them and uh, looking forward to another shorter trip than this one. <laughs> Definitely shorter, but um, it's going to be a good trip. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I am so glad that uh, herbal conferences are springing back, both big ones mm-hmm. and little ones all over, because mm-hmm. it is so delicious, I think, for all of us to connect with other people who connect with plants. There's something very, very special about that, no matter uh, what we agree or disagree about. We agree exactly. that plants are great. Yes. Yes, and they're our common ancestor. There you That's go. What I love about it. Yeah, they were here before us, and <laughs> and yeah. they'll be here probably after us. Yeah, probably. I mean, if you look at, um, I, I see it a lot in the country, I, and I know you see this kind of thing too. You know, houses that have been overtaken by the greenery. So <laughs> after we build stuff and move on, the plants come right back in. One of the first places that I lived in the country, just a, about a quarter mile away, was an exquisite garden. It was one of these fantasy gardens. It was a little stream, I mean a little stream, like a rill that ran through it, the kind of stream that you could literally step over in one step. And just infinite variety of beautiful flowering plants that you know, marked mm. the seasons from the earliest um Lenten rose, you know, the hellebores, right through to snowdrops and daffodils, all the way through, all the way through the year. And within, I don't know, maybe three years of that woman dying, it was grass. Hmm. It turned to grass, all those different plants? All those different plants. Wow. We're dependent on her being out there pulling the grass out all the time. Right. I always saw her work right. garden. Now I know what she was doing, pulling grass. Oh, oh wow. I have a stream you can step over. I'm hoping to get that variety going down there. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah yeah. Ellen gave me a good start. I got some nettle plants. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what you're going to be teaching at the conference you were just talking about. Um, I, I want to share how to share people's medicine. And so we're going to sit in circle together and we're going to, um, you know, go around talking stick and breathe with the plants and make something. I haven't figured out what yet. I go home and what I have, um, whether it's going to be, last time I taught there, we made slippery elm balls. <laughs> and uh, that it's was a lot of fun. There were kids there. Yeah, I mean, there were kids there too, so that was a lot of fun, having people come up and make those. Um, so that's probably going to be on the list. And then depending on what other things are going on, um, because she also gives you, as a teacher there, um, access to the gardens that she's growing. 
Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, like, growing right there. So we can actually harvest some there and make um, vinegars, tinctures from the plants that are growing right there. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What a beautiful place to teach. Yay, Hillary. (laughs) Yay, Hillary. Yeah, she's great. So, yeah, Uh, we'll do that. And everyone will get to take something home with them that they made. Okay. That that to me is always one of the biggest thrills is to see people suddenly realize that they've actually done it. Yes. Yes. And you were talking to a woman earlier um, and talking about how often, like if you're going to be using echinacea and how much you need to use. And so just empowering people to realize, like, yeah, you can make a huge jar of echinacea um, tincture for yourself so that you don't have to skimp when you really need it. When you really need it, right, so you've got plenty. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's these tiny bottles sometimes that um, make and it right, seem and like that's all that you bottle need. And they, oh, I, and it says a dose is a dropper full. Which right. sometimes is too much and sometimes is too little. I mean, right. I did that too. I said, you know, casting around looking for various ways to work with herbs and pain. And so I got some California poppy. Oh, it's an herb I haven't really made much friends with. And it says, take a dropper full. So I was taking a dropper full. And I mentioned to somebody, oh, this California puppy, it doesn't work. She said, how much are you taking? I said, a dropper full. She said, it's way too much. Try three drops. I'm like, really, three drops? And she said, you know, a lot of times herbal pain relief, less is more. Mm. And I found that very profound and interesting statement. Mm -hmm. That especially with herbal pain relief, that we might want, if it's not working, that we might want to think, Will less be better? I love that. Love that. Rather than what we're taught a lot in this culture, or can be, you know, more, 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 more. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Many people commented to me um, that one of the things that they liked best about your presentation at the Hypericum conference was when you were sitting by the fire waiting for the mm. fat melt. Mm. And people related to that um, as though you had given them a very precious gift. I love that. It feels yeah. that way to me. <laughs> to have right? that time to spend, yeah, to have that time to, oh, I actually don't have to do anything right now. Right. But right now, my task wait for something to happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taking the moments you can to rest. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, we have just about talked our time away. I'm just shocked to see that we have so little time left together, just as I was when we, when we had to leave the other day. Always an absolute delight to be with you and now to get another chance to share with you even more. Thank you so much for 
spending this time with all of us and sharing your wisdom. Let people know once again how they can get in touch with you. Okay. So you can reach me at houseoflukaya.com, and you'll find out about the project there, the Wishflower Gardens project is there, um, which will then also link you to Herbals Without Borders. You can find me on Instagram at House of Lukaya, and um, I'm working on YouTube videos because I found a love for making the videos, and you can find me there um, at Off British Homestead. All right. Your videos are just just delightful. If you you haven't seen Lucretia's offering at the Hypericum conference, because I know there's a lot, there's a ton, and it can be a little overwhelming. Just go and just watch um, Lucretia talk about sitting and stirring and stirring her ointment. It's a Beautiful, beautiful time with her. So, coming here to our end of this discussion, one of the many I hope we will continue to have throughout our lives, what do you want to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's listening? Mm, I listen to this show so much, so I knew this question was coming. And what kept coming to mind in image and in word was to be a bridge between people and plants and plant love. Yay. Uh, I don't know if you remember or even saw the very first cover for Menopausal Years, which showed a white-haired woman wearing a skirt on which was embroidered a great many plants like red clover and motherwort. And there was a small stream between her and a group of women that you saw only the backs of their heads and their shoulders, and a stream between them with a small bridge. Mm. And they were crossing, mm. over, crossing over from their motherhood to their cronehood. Mm. Women reacted absolutely horribly to this cover. They totally, <laughs> totally hated it. And I thought there's just too much good information in this book for it to be damned for its cover. So we just put a right. kind of bland cover on it, which it still has, which is a lovely goddess in calligraphy. And uh, we're back to press. Over a million copies sold. So I love mm. that image of the bridge. Thank you for helping yes. us to receive the healing cloak of the ancients and to restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Green blessings, Lucretia. Green blessings, Sarah Ellen. Green blessings, everyone who's listening. Love, love, love. Good night, all. Love. Green blessings.